Welcome everybody to What's the 411? This is the place that brings you news, observation, interpretation, and news commentary. Let's get it. All right, welcome back to What's the 411 News. And we were doing a um a news report because this has been going around a lot lately, especially as the lineage of foundational black Americans are getting their stuff together for reparations, for the reparations claim in America for the descendants of um, African, no, not African, descendants of black American slaves, all right? And so you've been seeing or noticing or hearing a lot lately that these other immigrant immigrant groups are trying to claim that they created different types of music, that they have culture, and that Black Americans in America have no culture at all. And you've been hearing people claiming they started hip hop, they created this music genre, that music genre, so on and so on, that their culture, they have culture. I know I repeated this already, that they claim they have so much culture and there's no culture in America. When they use that and they don't say black, they're talking about black Americans born here who are descendants of those who are already black people that were already here and the slaves that were were sold, forced and sold here in America on United States soil. And so everybody wants to take this claim. You also have um, lately uh, Soledad O'Brien. Try to all of a sudden claim now so some some Latinos are black. And um I tweeted her out in response to saying, Well, if they claim they're black, if these Latinos claim that they're black, do they claim black all the time or do they claim black when it comes to their benefit and therefore their convenience? Or do they code switch up and then they Puerto Ricans again or Mexicans or whatever Latino you want to announce? And so we're doing a report. We might have some other reports in the future in regards to this particular topic regarding hip hop. Jamaicans claiming they made hip hop or influence hip hop. Puerto Ricans claiming they made hip hop or influence hip hop. And unfortunately, some other clowns in hip hop rap genre, genres are um, maybe they're doing it without knowledge. Maybe they're not looking things up and researching. The even big name people are giving too much other folks the credit where it shouldn't be credit given. So in this report, we're going to play a few receipts for you guys. And um, maybe this is set the record straight. But again, we might continue this report on in the future. All right. So first off, we want to show you a video of Buster Rhymes. And I want you to take a look at this video and pay attention as he starts talking some way and somewhere in the middle of it. Check out his body language. He starts to look as if like he may have made a mistake and effed up with what he was saying, but he continues to go on with the BS. All right. So with that being said, let's roll the video of Buster Rhymes and what he says about hip hop. Let's check it out. We just so a part of each other's cultural significance, not only as tropical people, but even here in the United States, 
where the, the multi-culture, because the U.S. ain't got no culture. They shit is all our shit. A bunch of our shit is what makes the U.S. whatever you want to call it. We still don't know what that culture is for the U.S., but it's a mix-up of all of our cultures in, in the urban community. You know, the Latino and the West Indian has the greatest influence, and we've always had, and we'll always will, and it's just been that way. So I've actually been influenced by the Latino community, which allows me to feel that much more comfortable putting my West Indian influence in my music, because they made me feel that much more proud to be like, yeah, my knees I jump me a kind and I say it. But I'm just saying, a lot of the times, it ain't until you're made to feel comfortable giving it to the people who are what you really are, what your influences are, what your upbringing in the house, that you do it. So, you know, being that I've been made to feel comfortable doing it, I think I also gotta acknowledge and credit the Latinos for their influence on me. All right, so you seen what he said, right? You seen what Buster Rhymes said, you heard what he said. You seen him looking like he's like, uh-oh, somewhere in the middle of him running his mouth that he might have slipped up and said something that wasn't correct, but he decided he was still going to go on with the with the nonsense, with the lie, right? And so, you know, he's praising the Latinos and saying Latinos gave him all this confidence. And um, there is a video out. Man, if I had it prepared for today, I would have played that video as well. But... Maybe we'll save that for another report on this subject here. All right. Maybe we'll just save that report on this subject. But there is another video out where he actually gives somebody else some type of uh, claim that, you know, gave him confidence. We'll leave that alone. We'll leave that alone for right now and hold him up to what he's saying. So with that being said, I'm going to show you another video here that, um, you will be definitely interested in watching. And it's one of the pioneers, if you will, in the rap game, in the hip hop genre that has something to say in regards to Latinos. All right. So with that being said, let's pull this video up so you guys can watch this one. All right. Let's roll that video. Directly that that much in the early days of hip hop. They were one or two. One or two. Uh, my my partner, Disco Wiz, my first DJ partner in hip hop, he used to beat up people in the street for telling them why you hanging with them niggas, why you hanging with Moreno. Well, he was a uh, well, he was what uh, Puerto Rican. He was Puerto Rican, half Puerto Rican, half Cuban. Okay. And we were together every day, like brothers. You know what I mean? Dressed everything. You know what I mean? And he would always catch flack from Puerto Ricans for being with me. You know what I mean? And he'd knock them the fuck out. You know what I mean? <laughs> but you know so. You know, so when in like 78, 79, you know, more Latinos started migrating toward hip hop, you know what I mean? Especially dancing as B-boys and stuff. They, they kind of changed the whole fabric of, of, of the breakdancing thing um, as B-boys. But um, it was a gradual thing as far as Puerto Ricans getting involved into hip hop. Puerto Ricans was playing congas and timbales in the park while we was playing <laughs> turntables. All right. So they are guests. <laughs> All right, so you heard that from the one and only Grandmaster Kaz. All right, Grandmaster Kaz breaking it down. Now, he said 
the Latinos, they didn't have no influence on hip hop. He had a DJ who was Latino. I think he said he was Puerto Rican. And I think Dominican, he mentioned that his DJ, Disco Wiz. And he said a lot of his own people, Disco Wiz being Puerto Rican, a lot of his own Puerto Rican people gave him a lot of flack for being with this black man being Grandmaster Kaz, GMC. So he said a lot of Puerto Ricans was telling him, yo, why are you messing with this Moreno? That's that Moreno music. So how does that sound like Puerto Ricans had a creation in hip hop or influenced it when they ain't even like the black dudes that were doing it? And they got on this on this Puerto Rican guy saying, yo, why are you with this black dude? And as you heard Grandmaster Cash say, his DJ would knock them Puerto Ricans clean on out for dissing Grandmaster Cash. But back in those times, Puerto Ricans didn't like black dudes like that. They didn't like black people like that. And as Kaz mentioned, they was playing the congas and all that other stuff while they while the black dudes was in the park with the rhyming and DJing and scratching and stuff like that. They was in the park doing that. And the Puerto Ricans came in there playing the congas, I guess, while they was playing the, the rap music, the hip hop music. So where in that did... And that's according to Grandmaster Cash. He's been in it from the early, early on, early stages. Not the only one, but he was up there in them early times. And so, again, how do they figure and how do the Buster Rhymes claim that the Latino culture gave me this and they gave me confidence? And Cash is saying something totally different. All right. So now what I'm going to do now is play a, another video. All right. This video is about 12 minutes long and it's going to give you some very good context and detail. Okay. A lot of people are claiming Cool Herc started hip hop. But we're going to debunk this right now. And so no one forever keeps on bringing up Cool Herc saying he did it. Cool Herc was Jamaican. All right. And again, like I said, a lot of people are claiming Cool Herc did this and they did that. But there was somebody who actually knows a few people and grew up on the same block as Cool Herc. And he came up and uh, gave his facts of the information regarding Cool Herc and regarding hip hop, rap music, hip hop music. And I think you guys will definitely enjoy this. So with that being said, in this report, of who influenced or created or started hip hop, whether it's Jamaicans, whether it was Puerto Ricans or any other immigrants out there, white or black immigrants. Let's check out this video so you can definitely get some context and some information from it. All right. So we're going to roll this video real quick. Puerto Rican anywhere in the Bronx in 1975, they're trying to make it seem like that person had something to do with the creation of hip hop just because they were just happened to be somewhere on a city block that a black person was on. It's not going to work like that. That's literally their logic. They heard some breakbeat somewhere, so that made them a part of the creation of hip hop. No. Because you don't have a history of breakbeats or funk music or rapping in Puerto Rico. You do have a history of that that's documented on video and foundational black American culture. 
Will the Puerto Ricans influence breakdancing? Show me some damn breakdancing in Puerto Rico before the 1970s. I can show you forms of early breakdancing going back to foundational Black American society to the 1890s. Thomas Edison did a film where there were some people doing what would become breakdancing. And you have James Brown and you have people in the 1940s and 50s doing the damn moonwalk. We have footage of foundational black Americans having block parties and dancing to funk records in the late 60s. You don't have Caribbeans nor Latinos doing the same thing in their homelands at all. We're not going to play that game. You didn't influence nothing. I want black folks to get it. Nobody influenced our culture but us, especially hip-hop. Don't let them tell that lie. There is absolutely zero influence from the Caribbean and definitely no influence from Puerto Rico. The only thing they can say as far as hip-hop having an, a Caribbean influence is Cool Herc. And he didn't bring anything culturally relevant to hip-hop from Jamaica. He came over here when he was 12 years old, and they put every lie they can on Cool Herc. They're trying to say he brought over um, toasting and ska and reggae and um, sound systems and block parties. This is a 12-year-old. He didn't bring none of that over here. None of it. Literally none of it. So we got to do some straightening. Um, cool Herc came over here and started emulating um, Disco King Mario and all of the black people he saw and started playing what they were playing. Let's get that history straight, man. Don't let nobody erase our history. Stop playing that game. All right, let's get Cornbread Mafia in here. All right, let's get Corn. Cornbread Mafia in here. That's an interesting name. What's up, Cornbread? What's up, brother? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's clear that up. I'm from Cool Herc Block. Oh, wow. I'm directly okay. from his block. I'm from Sedgwick. Okay. Cool Herc, you hit it on, he came here at 12 years old. When he came here at 12 years old, he had no clue. He didn't even want to be a DJ. He wasn't even thinking about being a DJ. He was playing with toys. He said, I hooked up with some black American kids and I got black Americanized. They took me through the streets of the Bronx. They taught me the latest slang, the latest dress, the latest haircut. He said, I learned all this from black American kids. All my friends are black American. They took me to the first funk break parties, which hip hop didn't have a name yet. It wasn't called hip hop. They took him to DJs like John Brown. And then later on, he learned people like Grandmaster Flowers and a lot of other DJs. That's when he started learning he wanted to be a black American DJ. He seen the break dance was already around him. He wanted to be a break dancer. Mm -hmm. Hip hop already existed, it didn't have a name yet. Right. So he was learning all this from everybody else. When he first decided to want to be a DJ, he started learning from everybody, teach him how to use two turntables that already existed. They were already using two turntables. It was already mixing breaks. Grandmaster Flowers was the number one DJ in New York City. His name was Grandmaster Flowers, not Flash. They all wanted to emulate him because he was the best. Before disco started, he was doing what you call hip hop. It didn't have a name to it. It was blended funk breaks. He was, a, he was, a, he opened up for James Brown in 1969 in Yankee Stadium. Right. He was a warm up DJ for them. And he was a fanatic for James Brown as a teenager. 
Now, was Pete DJ Jones around in that? Yeah, game? he came after him. Pete DJ Jones came after him. And they were mostly like doing like R&B and disco at that time. Disco didn't kick into 73. But before that, right, right. Grandmaster Flowers was the best. Then you had another DJ called John Brown. That's where Herc learned how to learn the hip hop from. He was going to a club called the Plaza Tunnel. All the gang members, the graffiti writers, they all used to go there. Everybody was breakdancing to James Brown and Jimmy Castor. Aretha Franklin. Yes. They was blending those breaks already. Herc tells you himself. He said, I'm watching everybody break and I want to be down with this. I want to learn this. He wanted to learn how to do the DJ work. Phase two will tell you this because phase two taught Herc how to graffiti. Herc was a graffiti writer first. Mm. He yes. took Herc around to the different clubs, the Plaza Tunnel, the, um, the Puzzle, the Psychedelic Shack, the Factory West. Once he caught that bug about wanting to be a DJ and do the hip hop and the breaking, he became a DJ. You had... Smokey and the Smoker Charms. That was the DJ before Herc. He had all the B-Boys, all the breakers at his parties first. Mm-hmm. But when Herc caught a, he caught a, um, a, a, a ballroom. He got a ballroom, he rented it out, and he rented it out in a spot where it was neutral. You couldn't go to other hip-hop parties because gangs affiliated different cultures and different neighborhoods, so you couldn't just walk in and party and have fun. He had a central spot in a place where he got a spot where everybody could come to and enjoy hip-hop. That's how he became big. Yep. And then he started doing what everybody else doing, taking the break beats, mixing them together, and he put them back to back. Where everybody was doing break beats between two records, Herc would add two more. He wasn't good at blending. He wasn't good at mixing. He would just play the records back to back to back. Okay. That was it. Okay. And, but he wasn't good as everybody else. But he did become the dominant DJ. From 73 to 77, each DJ had their turn. His turn influenced Flash and Bambada, who came from his parties. Flash was a B-boy. Now... Right. And Melly Mel was the B-boy. They, yeah, they was all B-boys. They all used to go to Smokey parties first. They all went to Grant, they went to Smokey and the Smoker Charms. They went to Smoker Charms was a B-boy crew first. They went there first. But when Herc started putting his stuff on and he started joining the bigger parties, they left Smokey and went to Herc's party. And that's when Mel and them was there, Flash was there. They was B-boys. And when they now what year we're talking? But what year we're talking? When Herc started? No, when when Smokey and the Smoker Charms oh, those guys. Smokey Smokey started between 72 to 74. 76, and he left. He had to run to the military. Okay, got it. Yeah. And then Hurt Hurt started 73. Now, what were the Puerto Ricans doing around that? The Puerto Ricans wasn't around like that. You may see one or two, but they wasn't around because the the racism between blacks and Puerto Ricans, it was situations at that time. Like, the the neighborhoods are mostly, like, all Puerto Rican, all black, or somewhat mixed, and you still had a bunch of Italians running. You know, they had a whole bunch of neighborhoods. So the Puerto Ricans was into their salsa, they merengue, they bachata. They was all into that, that merengue and salsa mostly. That's what they was into, and they tried to get into disco. They had their own neighborhoods. By 1978, that's when you start seeing young Puerto Rican kids wanting to hang with the black kids, what they called morenos. They wanted to hang with the morenos because it was, it was a different music at the time. They never heard of funk music. They didn't know anything about it. But hanging with their little black friends, that's how they started wanting to learn, oh, what's, what kind of dance is that? They call it the moreno dance. They were like, but well, that's what they called it, but, you know, we called it breaking, freestyle and funk. Right. And, started- and by that time, and by that time, um, like the nigga twins and Clark Ken and Charlie yes. Rock, they had stopped breaking. Yeah, you, you know about I know them guys, personally. Right? I know them personally. Yeah. I know all of them. I know Sasa, mm-hmm. King, Trixie. I know all of them. All the first B-boys. They like 68, 67. They all started in 71. Yeah. Phase two mm-hmm. was a B-boy. He's an original graffiti writer from he was an original they all back then. Those guys, the nigga twins and, and Charlie Rock. The first B-Boy crew was the Zulu Kings. They started in 76. They came mm-hmm. from the parties 
watching A1 B-Boy Sasa. That's the first B-Boy. They came from watching him and the Nigger Twins and Clark Kent. That's how you get the Zulu Kings, because they went to those parties watching them, so they started to form the Zulu King B-Boys with Charlie Rock and them. After them came the Puerto Ricans. The Puerto Ricans started watching the Little Zulu Kings. That's Beaver and them. Beaver's the president of Little Zulu Kings. He started in 77, 78, and he, he started when everybody else retired. B-Boys was played mm. out. The breaking was played out in 77. From 71 to right. 77, it was... It was being done that whole time. And in originals, they thought it was played out. They went over to something else, like doing the hustle, um, electric boogie. They moved on to something else. But when the Puerto Ricans found it, right. they found it when it was already played out. Nobody was doing it anymore except the baby blacks, the baby little Zulu kings. That's who yeah. inspired them. And that's how you get your rock steadies and your Bronx boys and your Rockwell Associates, all these guys. They came later after the little Zulu kings. Mm. Man, Charlie Chase, man, all the man. first Latin Freak. DJs and the first... Latin rappers, they came late. They came 77, 78. They all came later. And they all each have a story. Like Whipper Whip. Like Whipper Whip and those guys. And they tell you, Prince Whipper Whip, Charlie Chase, um, Tito, um, Disco Wears, they all tell you it was racism. Puerto Ricans used to get at them like, why are you hanging with the Moranos? Why are you trying to act like and dress like right. the Moranos? Why are you talking like them? Because they spoke a lot of Spanish back then. Mira, mira this. Then with the blacks, mm. the blacks is like, yo, why is he here? Why Jose is here? Why he not playing with a salsa band or something? Why he not doing merengue? They said, nah, he cool. He with us. He with us. He learning. That's how that went. Mm. That's the part they're not telling you. Those are the details. Right. Hip hop didn't have a name right. and it existed for like five to seven years before a Latino got into it. After them came the whites with Disco Fever. The owner of the Disco Fever right. was the first white guy that got into hip hop by giving everybody a chance to play at his club, the Disco Fever. His name right. was Al. Sal. Yeah, Sal Albertino. He opened up Disco Fever. He let blacks play hip-hop there. Then came Blondie. She was the second white person. These people yeah. all started, that's how they started coming in. First the Latinos, then the whites, and then they started opening the doors for everybody. Yeah, yeah. They always have man, it. Even man. with rock and roll, they try to steal our stuff. Soon we, last, we, soon we teach people, the same people we teach 50 years later say they was with us, so they helped us create it. Yeah, real talk. Man, Cornbread, I thank you so much. Man, we got to talk. Uh, uh, email, send me a DM, man. Definitely, definitely. You got to be in this project. We, because I'm a, we're going to do a, a documentary project, getting all this stuff straight. I got to get you. I got the details. I'm connected with Wani. Wani, let to let you know. Oh, cool, cool, man. Let's let's connect, brother. Thank you so much, bro. That's what I like right there. That, that brother was hitting on all cylinders. Everything he said was on there. I, most of the stuff he said, I already knew. So that brother was was hitting nothing but facts. See, that's why we need our folks telling the truth about what the real deal is. You see, that's why we have to get some straightening. We got to get some people who was all, who was there for real, who can set the record straight so that ain't nobody out here trying to rewrite and revamp no damn history, man. Cause they wouldn't let us do that to their history. This is what I'm saying. I've been telling people the stuff that this brother's saying. We've been doing hip hop, man. We were doing it. It was the foundation of Black American culture. Um, we created it on our own. All of these people came later. In fact, they were racist against us when we were doing it initially. So that is very important to get some straightening going on. All right. So there you have it. All right. You got the facts. You got the information. From the homie, the homie Cornbread broke it all the way down. He grew up there with Cool Herc and them, stating that Cool Herc was 12 years old. He didn't influence nothing and that he was influenced by the black people. That was the black Americans 
that was doing all the stuff. Then he broke down with the Puerto Ricans. They didn't get into the game till several years later. And the fact that the Puerto Ricans and the black people, the Puerto Ricans didn't like the blacks. And they would say, they would tell some of the Puerto Ricans, like, why are you over there with them? Why are you dressing like them? Meaning they would ask the other Puerto Ricans, why are you trying to dress like them black dudes? Why are you trying to hang out with them and be all around them? So this nonsense about Jamaicans and Puerto Ricans starting this hip hop stuff is a bunch of garbage. But we're going to continue to report as long as people keep continuing saying that the foundational black Americans did not create anything. We're going to come back with a report and with some more video receipts. All right. And saying that black Americans don't have a culture, as you've seen in the first video I played with you with Buster Rhymes claiming Americans didn't have no culture and that he was influenced by Latinos. But I showed you another video after that where Grandmaster Kaz even said that the uh, Latinos or the Puerto Ricans didn't get into the game till later and that Grandmaster Kaz himself had a um, Puerto Rican DJ. So what he had, what Grandmaster Kaz said and what Cornbread said matched up and they wasn't even in the same place at the same time. It's two different audios and videos two different times and grandmaster Cass stated that they will might be like a few it might have been one or they always they both mentioned one or two right that kind of was trying to get in the game and they was watching the black guys do it not the jamaican black guys not the jamaican guys or the puerto rican guys they was watching the black american guys do the do the mixing and djing and stuff like that and some of the puerto ricans wanted to get in the game all right, let me hold on here. Got a comment here. Appreciate you. Let me pull that comment up here. Appreciate you, man. <clears throat> See if we can get this pulled up there. There we go. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. Buster Rhymes claimed, oh, the Latinos influenced him and made him confident to do rap. And you heard it first from the dude who said he grew up in Cedric. I think it's Cedric Ave in the Bronx. I grew up in the Bronx, too. And I'm probably in, around those in that kind of time frame. But I was little. I was a kid back in them time. They probably was a, they was probably in their teens or something in the early 70s. And people claiming that Jamaicans did it. They created hip hop and uh, Latinos. And my man Cornbread just broke it down to you. Very clearly. And as you heard, Tariq is going to try to get with him because they're probably going to do a documentary on or some type of series on who really created the hip hop thing, who influenced the hip hop. So, yeah. A lot of stuff going on that shouldn't be going on. A lot of lies being told. And no one is clearing it up. And so that's why you get some facts, you get some history. And like I said, I'll be continuing this report as long as the, the word keeps trying to go around that other people have culture and then black Americans don't have any culture. That's that's garbage. Black Americans during even slavery created inventions that they couldn't make money on. It wasn't Jamaicans that created inventions that we all using today. We still using some of this stuff today. Black Americans, foundational black Americans are very creative and innovative, but 
whether it's in music, whether it's inventions, whether it's cooking food, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I could go on and on, but, you know, I'm going to save it until I hear some more nonsense being put out there. And, uh, you know, we'll pull out the receipts again. I already have some videos already ready to play out if we need to do another news report on this particular topic. And we probably will do it because it, it involves culture. And so we're going to, um, you know, we're going to keep up and follow this thing when it comes to uh, the culture argument that black Americans don't have any culture. That's crazy, man. Utterly crazy. Utterly crazy. Yeah, we'll get into it again. Shout out to Phantom Beat, man. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate you. And, uh, you know, we're going to do it again. So continue to follow this channel. Let everybody know about this channel. Subscribe to the channel. Tell them to subscribe to the channel. All right. And we're going to keep the news going. So with that being said, appreciate y'all for coming in. Be sure to share this video out, man. Copy this video and put it on your uh, other social media platform. Know what I'm saying? And with that being said, this is What's the 411 News? And I'm out of here. We'll be back again with some news. I'm out. Peace. One love. Welcome, everybody, to What's the 411? This is the place that brings you news, observation, interpretation, and news commentary. Let's get it.